2,000 years ago on what was a mundane, ordinary night. A blue-collar family, several days' journey away from their home, found themselves in a town that was overcrowded with no family and a baby on the way. And on that very mundane night, in the midst of a stable fit only for animals, a child was born. And outside that crowded town 2,000 years ago, there were some fields. And in those fields, there were some shepherds, likely glad that they were not stuck in the crowded, packed-out town, looking up at the stars, gazing, protecting their flock. And Luke chapter 2 tells us this, that these shepherds were staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. So the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David there has been born to you a Savior who is Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, the Lord." And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, out of nowhere, just as the appearance of the angel had been startling, all of a sudden there appeared a a multitude, a heavenly army of angels praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among the people with whom He has favored, with whom He has pleased. You see, 2,000 years ago, an angel showed up out of nowhere and appeared to some local shepherds who in their culture would have been the lowest, the lowest class, if you will. Shepherds in their culture were viewed as a rough group of people. They were not fit to give witness in court. Yet to people that their own society viewed as an outcast and alone, the angels of God appeared with with a message. They appeared in the midst of a day when life was cheap and death was common. They appeared in the midst of a day when when a, a singular world power unlike anything the world had seen ruled, where those who had power had all power and those who had none had little, where those who had had all and those who had not had nothing. They lived in a day where where there was very little hope. And for these shepherds as Members of the Jewish people, they, in addition to this, were part of a proud people, for theirs was the people of the covenants of the Old Testament. They would know the stories of the ways that God had moved in might and power in days of old, yet living in their day. It had been 400 years since there had been any movement of God in might or power. Seemed as if God was silent. It had been 600 years since they had experienced any freedom. And in the midst of this hopelessness, in the midst of this ordinary Monday night, the angel appears and tells them, Today a Savior has been born. A Savior, one who would deliver someone who is currently in captivity. And undoubtedly for many, as they heard the news of a Savior being born, the captivity they think of is the captivity of of Rome, a, a geopolitical captivity, the conflict between nations. But the Savior who is the Prince of Peace, the one who would be the hope, did not 
come to bring a peace as if to just end conflict between nations. For understand this, church family and friends, if we were able to today to snap our fingers and make all of a sudden the nations of the world be at peace, it would certainly make the news a whole lot more palatable. It would certainly ease some stress from daily life, but our bodies would still decay. We'd cure one disease only to find three more that are destroying our bodies and furthering their decay. We would still face natural disasters. There would still be phone calls informing us of that accident where the tires slipped on the ice. And we would still find ourselves as people facing the reality of death. And not only that, but living in a world marked by, by seeming peace, we would still find that in that peace, in that prosperity, there would be an ache in the core of our being and the soul of our heart that is not satisfied by any of it. You see, when the angels came and they said, a Savior has been born, they were not speaking of one who would come and end the Roman occupation. No, instead they were speaking of one, this baby, Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, who took on flesh, who would grow and would live the life that you and I as human beings, who by nature are born into the brokenness and sin of this world, who by nature are enslaved to rebellion against our Maker. The life we cannot live, the life we will not live, this child, this Savior, He would live that life faithfully, willingly, righteously. The fact that we are enslaved to rebellion, the fact that we are enslaved to this brokenness, the fact that it does not matter where we look for it, it doesn't matter how we try to couch it, if we use religious terms or non-religious terms, if we go for stuff or things or people, it doesn't matter what we couch it in, every human is born broken because we are born out of relationship with our God, our Maker, the one true God. Not only are we born out of relationship, but we're born out of relationship with this one true God because we are born in rebellion, according to Scripture, according to God. And that rebellion has a price, it has a cost, because our God, the one true God, is just, and there must be just to deal with the rebellion. And this one who would live the life we cannot went and died the death, receiving that just sentence that we rightly deserve. But he didn't stop there because he died as fully God and fully man and as one who is only fully God who can pay the price for all men, women, boys, and girls who ever have lived, will live, or are living. So one it, as fully man can represent us. So one as fully man who was righteous and therefore did not deserve death rose again on the third day. And unlike a few of the other characters in Scripture who died and, and were brought back to life, who rose again, they, they rose again and found themselves in the same old body, just re-jump-started. No, this Savior, He would rise again, but He would not rise again in the same old flesh. He would rise again in a new, a restored, a glorified, a supernatural flesh where death cannot touch Him ever again. And this Savior offers peace, hope, love, 
joy, comfort, restoration, fulfillment, salvation, deliverance from the real captivity every one of us finds ourselves in, sin and death. And he offers it as a gift. A gift, Scripture says, is a gift of grace, meaning it's not a gift you or I can earn. It's not something we can achieve. It's not something if we were given all the time in the world, if God said, I will give you, I'll give you all eternity to deserve it, we would never deserve it. Because the fundamental problem is that we are born by nature broken. And if you're born broken, or as Scripture uses the term dead, a dead person cannot earn anything. It's a gift of grace, where one who is completely good, completely loving, completely holy, in the core of his goodness, looks down on those who are hurting, on those who are afflicted, on those who are dead, and out of his sheer goodness does something on their behalf and offers to them a gift, that is grace. The gift of this salvation from this Savior, Jesus, is a gift of grace. Received through faith. Received when a human being recognizes and convicted in their heart, you're right, God, I, you are the one true God. Jesus, you are the one and only Lord. There is none besides you. Who you are is right. Who you are is faithful and true. What you've done on my behalf is good enough. And I am placing the full weight of my being in your hands to save me, not just from the punishment I deserve, but to save me from that right punishment to restore me to the relationship that my heart, my soul, my spirit longs for, for the relationship I was made for. This is the message that the angels gave that night to those shepherds that, that, that unto you in the city of David there is born a Savior. This is good news for all people, not just some people, but for any person any tongue, any tribe, any person from any place who would be willing to respond to God's grace in faith in Christ alone. This gift of salvation is good news to that person. And the story goes on from there, church family. And it says that when the angels departed, the, the shepherds said, hey, let's, let's go see. Let's go to Bethlehem, let's see. And so it says they went to Bethlehem and they came. They found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as, as Jesus lay in the manger. It says in verse 20 that the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard just as they had been told. And this is the good news, church family, that the salvation that Jesus tells us about, the reality that Scripture tells us about, the witness, which began with the witness and testimony of the shepherds, that echoes to today, the witness of our choir and orchestra through song today, that this witness says, this salvation in God, which you have heard about, come and find it just as you've been told. Because it's real, it's true. But here's the question today. In between them finding things just as they have been told and, and leaving worshiping, it says this. It says that they shared with all those that were there, and they would share with those that weren't there in the days to come. They shared about what they had been told by the angels, and it says all who heard it were amazed. They were in wonder. It says Mary treasured, she pondered these things in her heart. There was a response as these things happened of wonder, of awe, of pondering, but here's the question, church family. 
If so many wondered and pondered, why did when this Savior grow up, so many reject Him and say He was a blasphemer for saying He's the Savior? And I wonder here today, could it possibly be that in the, we marvel at the wonder of Christmas? We marvel and ponder the, 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 the spirit of the season. We marvel at the lights. We marvel at the trees. We marvel at the wreaths. We marvel at the songs. And as we marvel at all these things, as we marvel maybe even at the story, Pastor, that was so good today, as we marvel, do we miss? Because you can marvel at lights and trees and songs, and you can miss that the light of the world was crucified on one of those trees on our behalf. And the angels in heaven declare His praise today, holy, 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 worthy is the Lamb who was slain. So church family, I just lay, church family and friends, the question in front of us this morning. Understand, the message and the hope of Christmas is the message of the gospel. The good news is the good news that there is salvation for our souls, that, that there is the ability to know hope, love, peace, fulfillment, satisfaction, and all of it, and to know it in this broken world, and to know that this broken world has a Savior who will come back, who will deal, who will hand out pun- the, the, the right justice to that which is wrong, who will, who will save those who have responded in faith to Him, who will set all things right forevermore. This is the good news that transforms everything, because unto us a Savior has been born. The question is very simple, though. Will we just marvel at the story and marvel at the lights in the trees? Or will we come and find just as we have been told? And in finding as it has been told, in responding to Jesus in faith, in coming to know Him, and for those of us who've already come to know Him, to truly know Him and walk with Him, will we leave not marveling but worshiping? This is the question today. Let's pray. Father, thank You for the fact that You have given a gift that is, even for those of us who have responded to the gift of Jesus, we still don't fully understand and comprehend all that You have given us. And Jesus, undoubtedly, there are some in this room today who maybe have heard this message of the gospel for the first time. And Lord, may they marvel at it. May they ponder it. May they, may they wrestle Holy Spirit with you. There are some who've heard this before. Lord, for those who are either in this room or watching online who do not know you, my prayer would be, Father, that they would not take too long marveling and pondering but that if their heart is ready, if they understand, Holy Spirit, that by your conviction they, they are enslaved to rebellion. But you, God, have so loved them that you sent and gave your one and only precious Son on their behalf, that unto them a Savior is born. Lord, may today, when the moment is right, when, the, when, when their spirit is ready, may they respond to you in salvation. And Lord, for those of us who know you, 
May we not get distracted by the abundance of things that are able to be distracted by, but may we know and worship you. Jesus, it's in your name I pray.